Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. We are here with Lee Merriweather at Woodworking America, and I'm excited to get Lee because He's coming back with 19 podcasts, and I know we've all, we've all missed the fact that he's been off the air for a little while, so I think a little little guilt will go a long way in, in making sure that he holds that commitment. So, Lee, thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. No problem. Um, let's roll right into the five questions. How did you get into woodworking? Well, I, I did it as a little kid. Um, my dad wouldn't buy me a mo- boat. Let the water. <laughs> I can't imagine why. So I know, I know. So I uh, took all the two-boy two by fours that he had in his uh, shop and I made a, a platform out. It was four by eight and then I strapped big old truck inner tubes to it. Okay. And then I carved out of with a, his handsaw, my own paddle. Okay. And then, so we just start paddling out into the bay. I live, grew up in Tampa. Okay. okay. I'd paddle out in the bay, but, um, it's a the, reasonable size body of water to just take this little homemade canoe out. Oh yeah. My, my, and my anchor was a concrete block. We just toss <laughs> off with a rope tied to it. It was funny. <laughs> Of course, when I got older, I learned about how Tampa has a, such a, one of the highest levels of shark population, especially <laughs> hammerhead and black tip. So, <laughs> which you don't know can hurt you. <laughs> I know. Good thing none of them bit the, the inner tubes. <laughs> like the, the boat was successful enough to spark it in you, and you, you kept going with the work. You know, I kind of phased out when I got to um, you know in high school and college. Didn't do, do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Then I graduated from law school and. I started my own law practice, so money was tight, and I was like, how much do you want for a desk? Mm. And so I wound up, we started buying these old desks. Some of them were, like, we're talking about from the 60s that had, um, uh, they had typewriter stands. So they had these oh, giant okay. springs to lift, lift a 50-pound typewriter up. Right. So I started restoring these old desks. Okay. And um, my, my, my wife always makes fun of me that when she married me, I came, all I brought to the table was a, uh, a spatula a couple iron skillets and six desks. (laughs) So I started restoring desks and, um, that sort of started the bug and, um, started, then I noticed how much they wanted to charge for bookshelves. So I started building bookshelves out of solid wood for our practice. Mm -hmm. I built all kinds of contraptions at our first office to um, store paper over our copy machine and all this stuff. But what really got me into the bug was, um, so that kind of got me started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's like a snowball. It just keeps oh, rolling downhill. Absolutely. Was when I went shopping for furniture for my first son. Oh, okay. I was like, how much do you want for a crib? <laughs> and I just saw how poorly they made. they made. And I won't say the store, but I was just patently offended. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's it. I'm going to build my own crib. And of course the joke at the time was it takes you a long time to build things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I do understand the deadline of children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and one month to our, uh, we had one month before he was about to be born or the, okay. the dead, you know, the nine weeks, nine months. Okay. And she's like, you haven't finished the crib yet. I'm going to go buy one. <laughs> well, nothing's more motivating than that. So yeah. I finished it and I not only did that, but I built an entire, uh, um, uh, nursery. So okay. I, like on one wall was the fa- wooden facade of a, a barn. Okay. And so on, on the other wall was a, like a grain silo and you'd open up the grain silo. There was shelving for books cool. and stuff. So that's what started the, getting the bug in me. Now, if I understand right, your current desk is, is a centerpiece of what you like to build these days. You want to talk right. about that? Yeah. So now, um, I, I went on a different journey when I was, 
going to build a desk for the for a new desk at my office, mm-hmm. and uh, I was going to do like the traditional attorney desk. And I realized that hey, I'm starting to go, I'm starting to be paperless. And I opened the drawers of my desk one day and looked at all this junk in there that I hadn't touched in a year. I'd moved mm-hmm. and I moved all this junk with me and just sat there. So I just decided I'm scrapping all the drawers. And I'm going to do something totally different. And so I, uh, that's when I got into working with slabs. Okay. Cause, and I got these two huge, beautiful ambrosia maple with a ton of curl in it. And, um, and I did it all by hand planed it, hand cut parts of it, um, and built a desk, including the legs out of the ambrosia. legs are made out of the slabs too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, but, um, now t- I replaced those legs with a stand up desk. So I found legs oh, okay. online with this, I think it's called Evo desk. So now that this big, uh, it's like three feet wide, about six feet long. Okay. Huge slab desk. And then, um, I just push a button. I'm standing, <laughs> push another button. The clients come in and it drops down so we can sit down. Okay. So, and that's yeah. the big thing I've gotten into now is sl- working with big slabs. Yeah, let me before we move on. Let me just ask one more question: Is when you're doing a slab like that, mm-hmm. do you have to do anything to keep it flat? What do you do to keep it flat? Is it well, just a matter of drying it properly? And drying it properly, um, and even when so, I thought it was fairly dry. I, I've learned all about drying wood now. <laughs> so um, the guy I bought it from, he air dries his wood, and I thought it was dry enough. And I brought it home, and uh, first thing I saw was the pith. Like I ended up cutting the pith out of the boards, and I um, actually took it just before I. Um, was I, this is where I learned more about hand, doing hand planks. So okay. This was back in 2009, I think 2008, 2009. Okay. So I took it to my local woodcraft store and basically rented their all their equipment. Okay. And tried to plane it and flatten it. And as we worked on it, it was just felt wet. It just was very, very wet. And so I had to let it sit for like three, four more months. Just let it keep drying. And let it keep drying and keep weight on it. And, um, and then I put it all together and just hand plated it with a Number seven joiner, and but that, once, once you finally let it dry and assembled it and finished the planing, it, it, it didn't move. It's it okay. was stable, and it's moved different. It was you know I did it in my in my house, and then I moved it to a different environment at one office, and mm-hmm. I've moved it to another office. So I've moved it three times at three different places, and it's been stable. Excellent, excellent. So. All right, well, let's get back to the questions. What is your favorite tool? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I have three groups. <laughs> oh man, what would be my favorite tool? Man, but since I'm working with slabs, I would have to say, if I were to boil it down to one, can I have two answers to this? You have as many answers as you like. <laughs> would be, I think, my number seven joiner. Okay, because that's how I flatten the boards, and uh, the slab. I'm not going to spend. 10, 15 grand on a, on a planer big enough to handle these boards. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's just great exercise. It's, uh, uh, it's just an escape from what I do during the day. So I love that. But, um, I think it, my two favorite planes are actually my scrub plane and my joiner. Cause I, I rough okay. out these boards with my scrub plane. Right. Right. And then, um, as far as power tools, I think my favorite one right now is, is my, is my lathe. Okay. And the main reason is what I can do with for people. So my wife will say, Hey, I met the, these really cool people. I'd love to make them a pen. And I just 
run down to the basement and an hour later I come up with a pen. Right, right. And I think my favorite sort of outdoor tool right now is my chainsaw mill. Okay. So a big steel 441 and I slab, I'm slabbing my own wood now. Okay, you've, you've graduated up to doing your own? Yeah, and uh, loved Matt Cremona today, by the way, yeah. or, or this weekend. Yeah. He uh, got some great tips from him. But the wonderful thing about having a lathe is so I can use – every element of the of the wood of the board so i cut it and then um from those pieces when i made my desk Mm -hmm. i still have pieces left over where i've made um i've made little cups i've turned them on the lathe i've made um pins for the parts so even as the pieces start breaking down smaller and smaller you keep putting them on the lathe and make something else i keep making something else out of it so it's it's kind of cool the problem is i keep wanting to keep all the the, (laughs) all the wood i can turn something out of that it's creates a problem it, it does, it does. We'll, <laughs> we'll not get into that but I, I know what you're talking about um who's influenced you the most in your woodworking <sighs> you know if i just my gut answer to that if you were to say what what person did i like sit and watch all the time when i was growing up it was norm abram mm-hmm. i mean i just loved the new Yankee workshop when i was a, when i was a kid and uh, when i was growing up I, I just remember watching it all the time and i think that's what sort of got me interested in woodworking and and i watched his and um, from watching him, I'm like, oh, I can build a bookshelf, you know. If, so if I were to say what influenced me, I'm if I hadn't have watched that, I don't know if I would have gotten into okay. it. Kind of primed you to know, to, prime me, to know so, that it was there and what it was you could get into. Right, and um, you know, as far as like internet, uh, just so many people on the internet are just um, very inspiring. Mm. You know, I, mm. I really like. Um, uh, um, I'm having a complete brain fart because <laughs> we were up way too late last night. <laughs> um, uh, Mark Spagnuolo. Okay. Really, I remember watching mm. his videos for the first time when he when he first came out. I don't know if there were a whole lot of other people. There was nobody when he first came out. Yeah, so I remember watching him, and I'm like, wow, that's that's. I was inspired by the fact that he was making a living out of it. Yeah. So yeah. that was very inspiring to see that. Yeah, no, Mark's a, a wonderful inspiration. In your woodworking, what has been the biggest stumbling block you've encountered? And if you've gotten past it, how did you get past it? And what could you have done to avoid it in the first place? Well, I think there was two elements to that. So the first yeah. one was this almost a fear of failure. Okay. And so I would spend time, way too much time, agonizing over my project because I wouldn't want to mess up. And But that ties into the second issue is time, okay. the lack of time to get down there. And the way I got over it is I, and I, as I changed the way I was looking at the projects. Okay. I looked at every part project as, as actually kind of part of a journey. Okay. And so I'm like, if I mess up, I just learn something from it and I just keep going. Yeah. yeah and I so that it's... got me woodworking more and that kind of cured the time problem too. Okay. So, because of the, you know, the, the, you get in the shop, you only, only have too much time to shop. You and I were talking the other day about, you know, scouts. Yeah. And now it's time that eats up. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> it's just an hour yeah. a week. <laughs> um, but, you know, just, just saying, you know what? If I mess up, I'll learn from it. Just make a note of it. Right. And that way I'm woodworking. I'm not agonizing over my project. Excellent. Um, last question is how has the internet influenced your work? Oh, it's, <laughs> there's there's the the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fantastic in that there are so many people out there that you can you can learn from. I mean, you've got your videos, and I've mm-hmm. gone and watched some of your stuff in the shop. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. So, 
YouTube is a wonderful thing. Mm. And I think I watch more stuff. I'm more of a auditory and a visual learner. So I love the podcasts. Okay. Um, than, yeah. than reading it. So I'm probably more influenced by some of the YouTubers who are just going out there and doing it. Okay. Which I love. And, um, you know, woodworking for mere mortals. Steve oh, Ramsey. Great. He's great. I just, because he just gets out there and there's all that enthusiasm with how much, yeah. look how much fun we can He's have. He's like a cheerleader. This. He yeah. is. Yeah. He is. And, um, so I just, it just fires me up. But then there's the, the yang part of it is you can get, go down a rabbit hole. Oh goodness. And then that eats into my time to woodwork. So that's the, I think the big challenge right now with the internet is not letting yourself go down that rabbit hole, watching too much video, just get in there and do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't make the watching replace the doing. Right. Exactly. But yeah. when you get hit in that little stump and, um, and that's where this, that yin and yang comes in, you get, you get stumped with something that you're working mm-hmm. on and then you go online and you read it and you watch, you watch a video about someone who hit that same stump. I'm like, well, why didn't I see that video before I started? <laughs> but then there's that yin and the yang. Yeah. If you were sitting yeah. there doing it, you wouldn't have learned from it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Lee, I've really appreciated talking to you before I let you go. Where can people find out more about you online? Um, I, my website's avidwoodworker.com. Um, it's has it's been stagnant for what a uh, year and a half, two years, but I am bringing it back. Um, I'm hoping to start launching podcasts in October again. Okay. So okay. avidwoodworker.com and my email address is lee at avidwoodworker.com. I spell Lee a little bit different. It's L E H. That's Lee at avidwoodworker.com is my email. All right, great. We'll, we'll send some people over there. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you. We're at the top of this, the escalator where we're going to have a little bit more background noise than usual, but um, I was able to grab Brian and Mike, and we're going to go through the five questions. So I, I want to try to make this a little more conversational. Ask some of the questions together. We can all have a conversation about the different questions. So let me ask you both, how did you get into woodworking? Well, I got into it um, actually back in my junior high shop class, but back when school still had shop class at that age. I've uh, been doing it off and on. Uh, for most of my life, about uh, seven, six, seven years ago, I decided to really take it up as a serious hobby. So I've been building up my shop since then and building okay. lots of projects. Excellent. Brian? I did the opposite path. I actually never went to shop class or anything. It really wasn't offered that much. Um, so I was, I, I get those five-gallon uh, jugs of water, mm-hmm. and I needed somewhere to store them. <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> so, where that was going. So I went to the home center. I bought some two-by-fours and built a thing, which is... Oddly, still standing, um, despite the horrible construction. I'm I would just say it's due to your superior ability. <laughs> and, but I enjoyed doing it. I, I had a great time doing it, and I was trying to find something else to do to occupy myself in that kind of creative manner. Okay. And it took a while because I didn't really get into furniture at first, mm. and it was kind of like everything's furniture. And eventually I gave in and just make furniture. <laughs> <laughs> it gets everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Someday you'll give in to chairs. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite tool well, that's a hard one I mean I got so many that, um, tools probably my router table pro- pro- I would probably have to go with my router table okay. um, it was a one I made and it, it was my dream kind of router table set up so I'd have to go with that okay Jeez, uh, to, to the best one for the job I'm doing <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the one that I've I've loved recently is I got one of the uh, the bad axe saws, oh. uh, back saw, and I love sawing. I I do all mostly hand tool work, so for me that's that's finesse. So if I can get good at sawing, I don't need to do as much planing. Exa- yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. In your woodworking, who has influenced you the most? 
I would have to say Norm. Okay. I mean, and then on to Mark after that, uh, just because those two probably had the greatest influence. Norm um, gave me some of the know-how to get started with power tools, and then Mark made me realize, hey, there's more than just uh, power tools. So let's go with the hand tools as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had kind of a similar experience because I would watch all these uh, woodworking shows, and they would show how to build a per- furniture piece. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you just take it over to the joiner and do a thing. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know really what a joiner was or how to set one up or what to do with it. Uh, and that was about the time Mark started making videos. Okay. And so he was doing stuff like how to set up a table saw. And so I learned all that stuff. Since I've moved on, and uh, Shannon uh, Rogers and Chris Schwartz are more bigger influences on me now that I'm doing You're more You're working more stuff. in their style? Well, yeah, more in their style, more handwork, stuff like that. Excellent, excellent. In your woodworking, what was your biggest stumbling block, and could it have been avoided? Well, for me, uh, it was watching these TV shows like Norm, and uh, they projects to go through in a half hour. Then I would think, oh, I can build that same thing in a weekend. Well, then I would tr- rush through trying to build it, you know, buying wood from the Lowe's, and that's maybe not the, be- the best wood out there. You got to start somewhere. Exactly. Um, but then... At the end of the weekend, saying, "Well, it's not done yet, or it doesn't look like what I wanted it to be, or just completely screwing it up because mm-hmm. I've gone too fast." Um, it really the, the biggest thing for me was to learn to slow down, to enjoy the process, to really look and learn how I'm doing this. You know, the speed comes from over time working with woodwork. Yeah. You know, let that build up. You know, overall, just have fun with it and enjoy the process. Very true. For me, it's probably courage. Um, I. Everything I do is a learning process. I don't. I, I enjoy learning. That's my favorite part of woodworking. So I don't do a lot of repetitive stuff. I'm always trying to, to learn a new thing when I'm, mm. when I'm working. So to, to learn the thing and try it out on, like I've been working in uh, four-quarter walnut for moldings for a grandfather clock for my mother. And to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to just cut this thing in $150 with a walnut, and if I screw it up, it's firewood. That's that's a little rough. So you find other things that you can do instead. <laughs> so overcoming that and and being courageous in making the clock is that why you took the headphone jack out of the clock? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, in your uh, excuse me, I've already asked in your woodworking. How has the internet influenced your work? Um, I would say quite a bit. Um, like, like I said earlier, um, I watched a lot of Norm when he was on, and then the show kind of in, when the show ended, I felt kind of lost, and I started getting out on the internet. Um, and there was Mark, you know, woodwhisper.com. He really took me from the next step of going from power tool only to using hand tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at when I first got started, I didn't have a single hand tool. I, I, I would laugh if somebody even said I would mention work using hand tools. Now I, you know, do a healthy combination of both power and hand right, tools in my shop. Right. So that was a huge influence for me to be able to do that. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, I started out with, with Mark's videos as well. It was kind of like the beginning when he was getting started with it. and The king in his castle. Exactly. And, it, of course, it's grown hugely from there. But the majority of my information comes from the Internet, uh, whether it's chatting with friends on Twitter or I mean, where, where I've met an incredible community um, or you know, the blogs, uh, Chris Schwartz is a great blog that I read all the time. Uh, I'm a Hantel School member, so Shannon's stuff is always intriguing. Um, even meeting up with my local uh, my local guild in Rhode Island, um, I found out because Mark had mentioned it at once, 
and I Googled it on the internet <laughs> and found their webpage on the internet and went to one of their meetings and uh, now I'm the president of the organization and I highly suggest finding local guilds as well and that's a great way to do it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, one last question is, can I ask you both, what did you think about woodworking in America this year? I enjoyed it. Um, this is actually the first year that I actually attended classes. I've been to Woodworking Americas in the past for the marketplace, which those are always really good as well, too. Um, it was really good for me. Yeah, it was great. Um, the only downside is uh, they managed to schedule all the same classes mm-hmm. that I wanted to see in one time slot. So <laughs> I think in the I last... think that's your fault. Probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before I let you go, could you tell people where they can find out more about you online? They can go to my blog at matermadeit.com or on Twitter at M-A-M-A-D-E-R. Okay. Uh, they could go to the swampyankeeworkshop.com uh, to see some really old stuff, which I promise I'll make some updates soon. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter, Brian underscore Brazil. Uh, just recently on Instagram, Brian underscore C underscore Brazil or on Facebook. Brian Brazil. It's a lot of underscores, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you.